We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Chest out, chinchilla all, relaxed on the sidelines. I'm so famous, understand. New York City respect my game like Joe Namath. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'm not so sure my chest is out today. A little air has been taken out of the the chest and the vest, as I'm sure all of you out there are aware. The fact that those of you who've been listening to me over the years know that I am a true Buckeye. Heart and soul, born and raised in Canton, Ohio, attended the Ohio State University and, uh, you know, really just, uh, you know, proud to be a Buckeye. Uh, played there at the university, was a captain of the 1980 Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, got a chance to be drafted uh, and the coach that actually was the secondary coach when I played for the Eagles and was drafted uh, was a man by the name of Fred Bruni who held down all the records for interceptions at Ohio State. I couldn't break them. But uh, it's a sad day for those of us out there who um, who have uh, an affinity for the university and for its athletic program, and particularly the football program. Uh, Coach uh, Tressel has uh, resigned uh, due to the fact that there was uh, overwhelming circumstances of uh, allegations and some things even been proved of uh, inappropriate behavior by his uh, some of his players. And uh, his involvement in that in terms of uh, his deceit and not acknowledging uh, what he knew and when he knew it. And uh, uh, these are all violations of NCAA rules. Uh, as a result of that and an ongoing investigation, you know, I'm sure it was just uh, too much of a distraction for the university. And in my mind, a business decision was made for Coach T. And uh, he has since uh, resigned and uh, life goes on for him and for the university. Um, I uh, am going to be joined by um, another Buckeye who is uh, well-known, first round, first pick of the draft, not just first round, first pick of the draft um, out of the Ohio State University a few years ago, and that is uh, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson. I think Dan's on the line with me. Dan, you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing, big fella? I'm good. Can you hear me good? I can hear you fine, man. I hope you can hear me. Yes, I can. Well, listen, I also have an in-guest, uh, in-studio guest with me as well. I'm just going to call him Scotty. Scotty is uh, a gentleman who's very passionate about sports, and uh, Scott's going to join the conversation with us. Scott, how are you doing today? 
Outstanding, and it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, as well. And my my condolences go out to all Buckeyes and, and fans. And um, hey, you what, say condolences if somebody died. How you doing? Outstanding, and yeah, I think the writing is on the wall. I think some some sanctions are coming down, and some bowl games, and some some scholarships are are going to start going the other way. But uh, you know, just like anything else, hopefully. Uh, the, the OSU can can bounce back and, and remain competitive because they sure have been for a long time. Hey, Dan, you're there in Columbus, man. Give, give me an idea, and, and Scott as well. Share with us, uh, what's the mood? What's, what's the tone of the city? Is it, you know, in the Midwest, sometimes even at the end of May, it could be dark and gloomy. How do you feel there in, in the city of Columbus, Ohio, right at this time? Well, you know, it's just been a whirlwind the last several months. Uh, it's been so many speculations, um, so many uh, investigations going on from the NCAA and from the university standpoint. It, it seems for every week there seems to be a new allegation or a new bit of information coming out. And I think at this point how painful it's been and unfortunate it's been for the university, the players, and Coach Trussell. I think Coach Trussell... Uh, resignation kind of forces it to uh, for this thing to move to the next level uh, to be everything to be reconciled and, and kind of put back together. I think him stepping down was certainly a blow for a lot of people, but I think now that he has done that, uh, I think everybody can kind of take a breath, uh, refresh themselves and uh, kind of start putting this thing behind them. And, and we can't fully do that, of course, until the NCAA finished their final investigation and deliver whatever sanctions or whatever penalty they deem necessary. But hopefully, uh, Buckeye Nation is hoping that with Trestle stepping down, that uh, their sights was on him and hopefully their frustration and anger stays with him and not with the university. Dan, when you when you look at it, and at you being a, a former player there at Ohio State University, uh, when you look at the, the alumni, at those who support the university, the student body, uh, do you feel that they feel betrayed by, by the coach in any way? Do you think perhaps that they feel deceived by him uh, with the way he handled this whole thing, knowing more than he did? Uh, reveal at the time. Do you think they look at that as uh, something of which um, you know he portrayed them, or do you think that they kind of feel that he was being loyal to his players? I, I think the, the student body and Buckeye Nation as a, as a whole is upset for the simple fact that they are the most passionate and the most committed fans that you can ever have in, in any sports in this country. And Ohio State football uh, truly is like a second religion in Ohio. I mean, people get really excited from spring ball all the way through the summer, through the season, and everybody looks forward to this uh, year in and year out. So in their minds, they're thinking, where did all did this come from and why? It, it seems so senseless, it seems so cheap, and it seems so careless on all parties uh, from the player to the coach, uh, that this has broken a sacred trust and love. Okay, let me let me ask you, Dan, if I, if I can. I sorry to interrupt you there, but let's let, let's just say this. Uh, it, it appears that the allegations had a lot to do with um, 
some, some personal gain. Let's say uh, a gain from something of which the players have received due to their participation in the season and winning a Big Ten championship and, and receiving a ring uh, or perhaps maybe gold pants uh, or perhaps maybe, I don't know if tickets were involved, but I haven't heard anything about tickets. In exchange, uh, these players uh, you know, got some form of gain, whether it be a, a deal on a car or whether it be uh, you know, a, a deal on some tattoos, uh, somewhat of what we call it in, in the free market system as maybe they bartered. Uh, but I'm going to turn to our in guest studio here and, I, and I'm going to ask him uh, to give his opinion because sometimes people who perhaps maybe are outside of the game and are, and are fans uh, look at it as black and white. They, they don't understand the relationships between the players, the coaches, perhaps maybe the players and the parents. Uh, it's black and white and, and, and a rule uh, was broken. So, so, Scott, if you can, from what you understand and what you've heard about this, uh, why don't you give us your perspective about this? Well, first of all, I would love, to, as an outsider, would love to know how prevalent it is and, and how commonplace these things are. Um, so, so many analogies. Things such as what? What things are you? Well, any misgivings, right? It's it's easy to say that there's a, a line between right and wrong that you don't have to play football, you don't have to accept the scholarship, um, but if you do, if you want to play football, if you want the scholarship, these are the rules you you have to to follow them. Um, you know, even even myself as as somebody that that kind of veers toward more that that straight and narrow looks at at things that have happened in the past. Like, oh, straight and narrow. Does that mean you've never done anything wrong? <laughs> you said you lean towards uh, a straight and narrow. So not, I just want to clear that up. Yeah, for you know, for young men that are accepting hundred thousand dollars worth of scholarships and and the ability to go to school for free and to to one day make make some real money. Okay, um, Scott, you and I are going to be on a different side of this because Dan he said scholarship for free. Now is 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 a scholarship free, Dan? I'm not sure. What's your opinion about that? There, there's nothing. That seems to be kind of the, from an outsider perspective, always that's always seemed to be the knock on a college athlete. Uh, there is a, it's, 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 it's sort of, I wouldn't describe it as, as, as in-depth as the military, but we have, as college athletes, a strict guideline uh, that, from an athletic standpoint, we must follow from day one when we step on our, on that campus, uh, from summer practice uh, to the season to the off season, winter conditioning, so on and so forth. There is a tremendous amount that is demanded from you uh, that the general public just don't know about. There is nothing. Uh, free about a, a, a scholarship, although it is truly a blessing to receive a scholarship and have the ability to play football. But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a give and take relationship. You are given the universities your skills and your commitment in order for the universities, uh, and, off, and from that, the university makes tens of millions of dollars off of your uh, play. And for that, you are rewarded a scholarship. So there's there's benefit on both sides. So I'm I'm going to go back and let Scott. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when you said free, sometimes when I hear that word, I, I just have to you know take the time out to address that. And sometimes I like to have other people address it, so people won't think it's just my opinion. So Scott, pick up where you were. You were saying, well, I. 
I think that uh, if you want to go to an Ivy League school and and have that on your resume to to make better money than you would have maybe from a Pac-10 school, they have things like an honor code. You cheat on one test, one question, you violate the honor code, you understand. You signed your name to say that if you do that, then then you're done and you no longer get well, to attend cheat, that. You can't cheat at any university, Scott. Right. Well, you, some, if you some, write a paper and it's a plagiarism, hey, you can't do plagiarism, it's not accepted at any university. Some honor code's a little stiffer than, than others, but okay. if it does boil down to just money, then my question is, where does it end? Because if you're 16 years old, you have the right to work in this country. So if a, a JV football, high school football game makes $120 in, in concessions and, and at the gate, do you then start divvying that up with the athletes? Do you do the same with the swimmers and the rowers? and the, Or is it just the football players and the basketball players because those sports make more money? Where do you draw the line? Well, let me ask you this then. Why is it permitted that a, a hockey player? A hockey player, a high school hockey player can earn an income. Uh, yeah, I will add this real quick. Uh, it is certainly understood that it is illegal for for college athletes to work. Well, I, I know it is for the football. Uh, it is absolutely illegal for us to work. So, you know, if you come from a, a family that is living paycheck to paycheck, and like myself, for instance, I was given $85 a month as my scholarship monthly expenses. Now, $85 a month for a six foot four, 330-pound guy, uh, and you're also given three meals a day with, your, with the, with the uh, commissary. Now, you know, you're, going to eat, you're not going to eat every time in the commissary. Also, how you clothe yourself. How do you buy your extra, your, your toothpaste, your soap, uh, if you can't go home and get money from mom and dad, what, how long, how, how far does $85 stretch a month when it's illegal to work? I'm going to let Scott answer that question. Scott? And, you know, to go even further than that, I, I'm not saying the rules don't need to be revisited and changed. Because um, the thing I always go back to is Darnell Autry, while at, the, at Northwestern, was studying acting. One of the top three schools in the country for broadcasting and acting and um, offered to do a movie. But because he had some recognition as being a college football player, the NCAA said, said no, you can't do that. When the the architecture student can get an internship, you know, making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year or whatnot. So does it need to to be addressed? Absolutely, but by the same token there there was a fine line. They knew what the what the laws, the rules and the regs were and, and they broke them. And I, I'm going to agree with you, Scott, uh, where you say that uh, they broke the rules, they broke the laws uh, of the NCAA and and perhaps maybe, um, you know, the consequences were what they are. I think, in my personal opinion, is that I just don't think that necessarily that, you know, the crime, the punishment, mm, I think it was a little harsh. For and, USC, absolutely what they deserve for Ohio State, well, I, very well, hard. Well, well, here's the thing about it. I think Reggie Bush's parents got a, like a half a million dollar house. These guys got tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think you compare yeah. the two. I mean, I know a lot of people are trying to do that, but a, a half a million dollar house, and no, I think it was seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house and tattoos. Oh, yeah, come on! 
that was off the charts right there. Yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, my God, man, you know, you, you're taking you, you can't. That's apples and oranges when you think about that, you know. And and some people are saying the death penalty for Ohio State's program. Again, I, I'm not sure that's you know I'm not it, we're not the death penalty, but whatever it is, we will accept the punishment. The university will come back. We will continue to play football the way we did, and we we will win. Maybe we won't make the, we won't have those bowl appearances that we've had. If we got to miss a couple of those, that'll be fine. But I certainly think that uh, you know the program will survive. Uh, listen, I think I'm going to have to take a break. Dan, I want you to hold on. Scott, don't you go anywhere. I'm not letting you off the hook. <laughs> you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, my pleasure today to have a friend from The Ohio State University, of course, played a few years after I had left and, and gone. Uh, Big Daddy, Dan Wilkinson, is with me. Uh, first round draft pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, first pick of the draft. You know, and of course, I got my man Scotty with me here in the studio, and we talk a little bit about Ohio State University and and what happened with uh, with Coach uh, T. And uh, l- let me just let me let me say this again: I am not advocating for anybody to do anything that's wrong. I'm not advocating for anybody to bend or break rules. I'm advocating for a change in the system because I think there needs to be a change in the system. It, it, it appears that. Things have changed at the university level as, as you look at football and sports. They've addressed some issues and they've made some changes with the exception that this has always been an issue, that there have been players who 
when you look at what a player is rewarded for the effort that he has put out, he or her has put out in high school, what they've got in exchange for those efforts has been the same since time. But for the coaches and the universities, things have gone and they've, they've had tremendous gains, but the student still gets the same thing. And I think that needs to change because if you change and you address those issues, where those issues have been addressed, you don't have those problems. You know, and so it, it just seems to me like it's it's an easy thing. Dan, let me let me ask you a question. I'm going to change a little bit. I'm going to shift, and I'm going to shift to to the NFL to the NFL draft, and let's talk about something that's that's relevant. You know, as it relates to you, first pick of the draft. Uh, you probably can address this because when you were the very first pick of the draft with the Cincinnati Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, uh, let me ask you this: Was the contract? negotiated prior to them picking you or did you go into a negotiation with them right after the draft? Uh, it was literally right after the draft. I mean, there was some idea where we're going to be. Uh, certainly, uh, once I found out that Cincinnati was going to draft me, it was an idea of where we're going to end up at um, and, you know, what we, you know, kind of our boundaries. But uh, right after the draft, uh, we went certainly into overtime to get the deal done to make sure that uh, I wasn't delayed at, uh, as far as coming to training camp. Okay, so in terms of the terms and conditions and the negotiation of that contract, uh, how soon was that completed and you and you had a signed deal? I can't recall exactly, but I, I can't. Uh, it couldn't, but couldn't have been no more than two or three weeks. Okay, and I ask that because, you know, in today's situation, you got players out there now who, who are not negotiating. You got guys who would have had money in hand, probably some of it spent. Uh, can you imagine what that might be for them? I mean, just the whole anxiety thing about looking forward to the draft and then, you know, having the opportunity to negotiate a contract and then getting that contract and, and the benefits of that. All that's been put on hold. Can you give us some sense of what that might feel like to those guys? Because you went through it for a very short period of time. For these guys, this must seem like a couple years. Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate because it, it really breaks the, the continuity of, of developing a team. But certainly during this time, the offseason, is where a champion teams are made. I mean, you just don't show up on Sunday in September and things come together. It is made right now. And you know what you got and what you don't have going into, you know, training camp. And it's unfortunate that uh, these circumstances are the way they are because it really, from a, from, from a player perspective, the off-season routines, the mini camps, and, and I'll certainly be the first one to say I hated those mini camps. But at the <laughs> same time, it's, it's a necessary evil, and it builds the team, it builds the character of the team, and it builds the brotherhood of the team. And to have that broken right now and to have guys sitting on the sideline not knowing what's going on or how long it's going to take, that has to be a difficult situation. And it's unfortunate that the owners, uh, when we, uh, when, uh, our, our past president, uh, unfortunately passed away, uh, like, uh, Drew Brees said, they saw uh, blood in the water and, and, and they, they, they took a shot at, uh, getting a billion more dollars. 
Right. Yeah, that that's a uh, an entirely diff- different subject that I'm sure we could debate all day. But just with with regard to the current lockout as it is, and um, you know the rookies not having their money right this second, you know, first overall pick, you were probably one of the the last people to get paid as as it was. You know, um, normally they they start with the seventh and work their their way up through uh, you know do the the smaller contracts first. Which if if I was an owner, I'd I don't know if I'd want to hand a 22-year-old, you know, a 30, 40, 50 million dollar check with with too much time before camp starts, you know, maybe just enough to to get a house or whatnot. But um uh, you know, again, it's not the money because there's many banks that a player that's drafted in the first two rounds can go get a line of credit. Uh if you're drafted a little later, that may be a little tougher, but the money part is is not the tough part of it. And it's more of Guys getting ready to go, wanting to get their career going on the right track, wanting to get started, wanting to be a part of the team, wanting to build the team. I mean, because when you got 53 guys, that's you, you spend more time with your teammates than your family, than your your wife and kids. Sure. And the, and the longer you play, the longer that 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 happens. So it's it's not just money, and it, 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 and that certainly wouldn't just characterize it as a money issue. No, and I wouldn't want to portray it like that, especially with the voluntary workouts that are are happening right now, and and guys taking just such incredible risks. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts were on that. On voluntary workouts and and guys out there without any any insurance, running around with their teammates so that they can, you know, have have that team element and be around the guys. But what a risk! That is that is very risky. You're absolutely 100 percent right because. Especially for a veteran, veterans don't mind it so much because if if I had to go through a lockout and I don't have to, you know, go through all these workouts for a big guy like myself, you know, for the first month or and a half or so, I wouldn't be too mad. But on the other flip side of that, there is a tremendous risk if you're working out on your own because if you guys know or do not know. There is a tremendous amount of uh, lawsuits when it comes to workers' comp and after football career uh, insurance and health issues. That is a constant legal battle uh, with players, uh, with retired players in the NFL. I mean, well, that that is a tremendous fight. So, uh, and, and, if, and if you do get hurt while you're off on your own, the team will have no problem kicking you under the bus in the gutter <laughs> through the alley. Into the waste field. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Dan, I I know all about that too well because both of those things happened to me. As a matter of fact, I've been to California about a year ago. I started my examination. So I'm in that process of perhaps maybe um, uh, some type of settlement or or certainly in a court battle uh, for my workers' compensation. But I do agree with you. As a matter of fact, uh, I hurt my neck in the first game of my seventh year, played the entire season. Uh, When the season was over with, uh, of course, you know, they sent me a contract, but shortly after that, rescinded it, knowing that I was hurt and injured. But, you know, the league, uh, you know, they whenever they get a chance, uh, if they see blood, as you said uh, about the Gene Upshaw uh, issue, if they see blood in the water, they definitely will go after you like a shark. Let me ask you something. I do want to address the issue you talked about. 
you know, getting started late. Uh, you talked about the locker room. I made a comment on my last week's show that I was going to be a little bit concerned about the production, and you can talk about this from your experience, the production of a rookie, this year's rookie in this season with all the time that they've missed. Would you expect that the production from rookies in this coming class would be above or meet the previous standards, or do you think it's going to be compromised because of the fact that they haven't got the time and they've lost time spending it with their teams? It's certainly going to be compromised. I mean, it's for the rookies, their head's going to be spinning from day one because when this thing does get back on track, and everybody hopes that it does sooner or later, teams are going to be on such a fast track to try to catch up to what they've lost, and there's no way to do that. Um, uh, rookies are going to head's going to be spinning. And another thing that I've been thinking about since this lockout started, if you don't have a good amount of team workout and team mini counts practices, workout tradition and all that, there's going to be a rash of injuries that the NFL will suffer this year with players. Because it, it, it takes a, amount, a certain amount of time for your body to be in a condition to be able to go through an NFL season. And that may take two and a half. For me, it normally takes about two months of banging real hard, pretty good, before my body says, okay, we're ready to go for the long haul. And if you, and the more you cut into that, you know, a lot of, especially, and, I, and uh, for a fat guy like myself, you know, it's no problem, <laughs> it normally took two months. But some of those smaller DBs and receivers and stuff like the guys that are generally prone to get hurt and don't have as much body fat to begin with, uh, I think you're going to see a rash of injuries from uh, a lot of those type of specialty players, pulling muscles, hamstrings, all different stuff like that because their body hasn't, got, hasn't reached a point of maturing for the season. I think the the guys getting the short end of the stick are the rookie free agents. I, I I'm a Cinderella story kind of guy, and I I love the you know Southwest South Dakota State kid or something that comes into camp and and knocks somebody's head off, or you know even starts to impress in in the OTAs. I don't I don't see those guys getting any shake, and um, you know probably ended up in in the UFL. Um, we only have a, another minute left b- before the break, Dan. But uh, you made the comment regarding health care for for retired guys, and you know, curious you being the the first overall selection in '94. Um, you know, obviously the slotting system worked well for you then, but um, as in retrospect or looking at it now, do you think that there should be less money for rookies and, and more money for for retired guys or proven vets? Um. That's a real tough question. It, it really is because the risk of that is, yeah, you got a lot of rookies coming in. Only probably only the, the first. And I'm talking about probably the top ten draft picks of the first round is really the only ones I will include in this conversation that come in getting paid um, an amount of money that they have certainly not earned, and the veterans, per se, are being pushed out the door and, and being forced to take much less. But at the same time, the NFL owners and the teams, organizations, have kind of made it that way. I mean, the, the, the NFL teams, you, you look year in, year out, teams are constantly pushing the veterans out the door. Uh, they want younger, faster, 
uh, 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 players that they can mold and become what they want them to become. So I don't think that's going to change. I don't think they're going to change that that pay scale and, and, and save it for the veterans on the back end because most of the NFL teams want the veterans out the door. And for me, what some of the great things that uh, that I was able to do from day one is all the, the, the unique retirement benefits, pro 401k, the annuities, and all the special things that the NFL provides, you know, I start saving and that stuff from day one. And I, I would recommend that to any uh, young guy because, you know, you, you, you just don't know. As a, when, when you get a, become a veteran, you're like, wow, I really did something smart here by, by doing this because as you go along in your years, and I played 13 years, you see so many guys one or two years they're out. I mean, it's not a long career for many people. And to be able to play that long, you generally, the first couple of years, you start off doing stuff dumb anyway. And it takes a, a certain amount of maturity uh, that, that you grow into with receiving that type of income. Hey, guys, I tell you what, I hate, hate to cut you off there, big fella, but uh, we got to take a break. They playing a little bit of music there. So we're going to take a break, Dan. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll finish. Let okay. you finish answering that question. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Got big Dan Wilkinson in the, on the phone with me and, of course, Scotty in the studios. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Coast to Coast Mixstage.com. You 
know the show. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Big Dan, Dan Wilkinson is, of course, on the line with me uh, from The Ohio State University. First round draft pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. First overall draft pick. And I've got Scotty here in the studios with me. And we were just talking a little bit as, as we went. And Dan was uh, answering a question about uh, compensation, of course, uh, compensation on uh, those who are just coming into the league as opposed to those who are veterans. And, uh, you know, a question that Scott uh, uh, posed to him. But uh, I, I, have to, I have to shift it back just a little bit, fellas, if, if I can, uh, because we are talking about compensation. And, and, and I got Dan, who's from the Ohio State University, and the story and the talk today, of course, is about Ohio State University and, and, and perhaps maybe some ill-advised things that were done by uh, some players. And then, of course, the coach. And there's some compensation issues there, you know, and I'm, I'm going to ask you uh, your opinion, Dan, because uh, I think Scott and I have had several conversations as it pertains to uh, players being compensated at the university level. Uh, do you think any of these things that happen at Ohio State University and across the country, let, let's just admit this if we will. I think everybody out there who's ever spent any time on a university campus knows that the Ohio State University is not the only school. It's just they're the only school that maybe got caught in this particular time where the, the students and, and the coaches perhaps maybe did something that was ill-advised and against the rules. But these type of things are happening across colleges and university campuses all the time. Uh, is some form of compensation perhaps maybe... Uh, the answer that could eliminate uh, all of these, um, you know, sanctions that uh, happen to these universities and these students once they get caught. Uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you first. Uh, you think some form of compensation might help the problem? You, you know, I, I don't agree with that. And I am not the one to say that compensation should be done. In my, and I only can relate to my own situation. Um, uh, for instance, like I said, I got $85 a month for my scholarship money. And if I would have got four to $500 a month, I would have been 150% happy. So it, it wasn't that I needed a, a lot of money. I didn't want a lot of money. I just needed some money to buy some food and buy some clothes occasionally. So uh, I think the issue is if you can look at the demands that the college student needs from the person that can't go anywhere else to get it but the university and look at that in depth and really come up with a plan to fix that, then I think that may be a good solution. Now, and I will say this too, there are always going to be knuckleheads on a football team. You got a hundred, especially in college, you got a hundred and what, 30 players, 25 players, something like that. You're going to find five good knuckleheads out there that's going to mess it up regardless of what you do. Uh, but I certainly don't believe that compensation is the route. I just think that if you are able to look at the, the, the basic, basic needs of an individual and meet that, then they should be fine. Well, Dan, let me just say this, because I, I happen to be one of those who I'm in favor of compensation, because as you mentioned, you know, you know, there are perhaps maybe just some basic needs, but those basic needs that 
uh, that one has, uh, a lot of it has to do with the cost of something, whether that basic need is food, whether it's utilities, whether it's transportation, you know, that comes with a price. And so where you say it may have been $85, and that may have been because $85 for you, it might have met what your needs were at that time. Uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm talking about before Jordan days. So Converse calls a nine ninety nine. So if I wanted to buy a new pair of Chucks, I just needed nine ninety nine. You know, but today that nine ninety nine is a hundred and ninety nine dollars. So and, and, I, and I say this: eighty five dollars was because I was living in the dorm. If you lived in your apartment, it, it went up. So I think it was like seven hundred something. And, and, ga- and gas is now four dollars a gallon. So if you live off campus. And, and you got a car, you know, and back then I think my car payment, because again, I, I want you to know this big dad in case somebody said, well, Ray was driving a vet back in the day. My dad passed away and I paid for my car with, of course, my monthly payment that I got from Social Security because of my dad's death. But my point is, is that there's still you, you, if you got a car, you need gas, you need insurance. You know, yeah. if, if you got an apartment, you, you need food, you know, yeah, you need I, to pay I, utilities. I, I, I certainly understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's college and, and I think you should live under a tight belt. And yeah, we I can't drive Rolls. I agree with that. You can't be driving <laughs> Rolls Royce on the yard. <laughs> I think you should live under a tight belt. I, I, I just well, the, the thing that 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 I don't want is to have someone in a desperate situation. Now, that desperate situation could come from your own issues on campus, or it could come from your family members at home, mom and dad may be in a desperate situation, which puts you in a desperate situation. So there's a lot of different ways, but if, you, if it's yourself on campus, you shouldn't find yourself in desperate situations. Uh, I mean, the, the, the school's obligation and the scholarship's obligation should not allow you to reach that point, but at the same time, I think your belt should be a little tight on campus. You should be a little, you know, you shouldn't be too loose for you. I think that's part of the learning process and the maturity of a college student. Yeah, I believe so. I believe you also, you know, there's character that does develop and, and you need to learn survival skills in college as well. I'm going to ask Scotty, you know, to make a comment. Then I got Kwame Lasseter, uh, of course, on hold, and we're going to have uh, bring Kwame into this conversation. Go ahead. You had a point there, Scotty? Uh- when I was going to the Walter Cronkite School at Arizona State, I, I didn't play college athletics, and, and that did give me the opportunity to work, um, along with my financial aid and everything else that that I could get. But, man, I tell you, $85 in disposable income when I was going to school after I I paid for living and books and everything that I'll That wasn't I disposable. He, that was to take care of his necessities, his, his deodorant, to buy him some underwear. You know, the kid, that wasn't yeah, disposable. Yeah, no, what I'm to saying is... To wash his clothes. Is, is I, I worked about 32 hours a week and, and took 15 credits a, a semester. And after it was all said and done, if I had $85 for toothpaste, eggs, and... Um, you know, that that was for food. That, that was actually pretty good money. Okay, Kwame. Hey, hey, man, I've been waiting to get you on the show, man. I know you big Dan's on the show with us. Uh, Dan, welcome, Kwame hey, Lasseter. Kwame, how you doing, man? I'm good, Dan. What's going on? Hey, nothing much, man. Go ahead, Kwame. You had a comment, man. I know you've been just itching to, to, to say something yeah, to me, man. I, I listen to the show, and I, and, I, and I agree with both of you guys, but I'm one of those guys who's in favor of uh, paying college students. How you do it, NCAA got to come up with that because it's so much. Um, uh, you get to the point there, whether you pay the starting guy that football team or whether you pay the uh, 
the girl that's starting pitcher for your softball team in college. How do you justify who gets what and how much revenues that what football brings in? I don't think, um, and you could say a kid going to a university, some type of institute, will get a um, will get a great education, will get a good education, but I don't think it equates to the, the, the million that he, his or her his or her four years there. It doesn't equate to he or she's going to make that money outside of that. Maybe you're giving a good head start on life, but I, I do believe. At some point, you're talking about some semi-pro guys that you have to pay them. At, you have to pay them on the college level. So the, and I and I heard Dan say he got eighty-five dollars because he was on campus. I know plenty of guys on my team at the uh, University of Kansas. They will move off campus just so they can get money, and then they will get roommates so they won't have to spend all their money because under scholarship you can't work. Right. And that's that's why I'm in favor with finding some way. But not making it tainted because you're right, Dan. There are some knuckleheads that's gonna mess it up regardless of what you or what you get. My argument to to all of that would be yes, college athletics brings in a ton of money to universities. However, if you look at the money brought in from athletics in comparison to what's brought in from grants and, and donations to the science labs, it it pales in comparison. Um, you know, places where, like, like where it like, depends on what university you're talking about. Uh, well, if uh, the University of Florida is is a pretty, uh, you know, they've they've had good football over the years, or their basketball teams play well, their their baseball teams are good, softball uh, down the line. But it it well, really about, is. Uh, Akron Zips, Akron Zips can't pay players; they don't generate that much money. Well, what what I'm saying is the the grants the government gives the University of Florida a, about ten times what it makes. In, in athletic money in to to boost their science and their projects and their learning and their discovery and all those kids get out of that is credit they don't they don't get paid for bringing they, in you, hundreds of millions the, of dollars for but, for but, their research but you said the government gives them that money for their research for their research well let's give free again let's utilize that term there is something involved on the back end okay to so the that. kids actually have to this is to do research work. so yeah. the, so the kids are actually working for the government they're doing the research for the to which, get these hundred million dollar grants okay so they're for doing which all they get is is college credit and a resume so that they can take that into the business. So they're world. doing it. They're they're actually doing an internship. Really, is what they're doing. Correct. Because they're not okay. So they're not actually generating revenue. Oh, absolutely. The the hundreds of millions of dollars that the government is spending for that that research for whatever science department it, it may be that research has to be uh, done. Are they still, and it's are they still done, working on a, on a cure for cancer? Uh, absolutely. Have they found it? Well, they're still getting hundreds of millions of dollars, and for they're it. still doing the same thing, right? <laughs> well, hopefully, we're getting closer. okay. Hey, Dan, we're getting close to the end, man. Is there a comment you wanted to make? I want to get Kwame another chance too. No, I just uh, uh, again back to the the. Uh, the original discussion that we had uh, regarding, you know, college football and it's, uh, certainly the situation that happened on Ohio State. I mean, you can, uh, you can, you can, uh, you know, badmouth Trestle and the players, and in the same breath, you can understand what is what both of them had to do and what they did. And so it's just again, it's a system issue. That is that is broken, especially at major colleges. Your your head coaches are more important than the governors of the state. I mean, they are you know they are it, and and the, the amount of scrutiny and the pressure that a, a, a college coach is under to perform and be successful, you know, 
if if if, if anybody's put in that position, you know, you may straddle that gray line a little bit uh, in order for your program to continue to be successful. And I don't know if Trestle did that or, or what the case is. And then and, and, and another breath, if you're a player that has a dire situation at home or you're, you have a dire situation in your, within your own walls on campus and you got to sell some stuff to get some money, I mean, you, again, it's just a broken system. You can badmouth them, but at the same breath, you can understand what they did, too. Yeah, and I agree. I think the system is broken. Kwame, one last uh, comment from you? Yeah, I agree. When you do the... Um when you do a research of drafting an NFL player, a, a player from college to the NFL, they, they produce hundreds of thousands of dollars just to do the research on what type of guy is it, this person is if they doing it, if they draft him in the first round. You can do the same thing when you get these guys out of high school. The difference in high school is now you got, it depends on which verbiage you want to use, now you got a middleman negotiating instead of the high school coaches. Uh, and sometimes there are high school coaches doing that, but you can do the research on what kind of player this person is where this person is from, has he ever been in trouble? You can do that deeper than just on the surface of what they're doing. And maybe you get these type of guys, and you, you can say institutions like Notre Dame don't have that problem, but every major school, every major institute with a football team, uh, I agree one thing Dan, one of the things Dan says about sometimes those coaches are bigger than the mayor and the governor there because at the end of the day it's about winning. Ohio State beat Michigan. It's a winner. That's winning. Uh, and, and Michigan can't beat Ohio State their coach get fired. It's an institution that generates millions of dollars over over time of a, a scholarship, a school year, a college scholarship could possibly be close to uh, $300 million and, and going to bowl games, major bowl games, uh, BCS and that type of, those type of things. Uh, so I agree, at the end of the day, you got to find something to do as far as paying these guys, paying this money, or do the research on a certain kid you want to bring to your school. Hey, it sounds like Kwame Lasseter might be in line for the job at The Ohio State University because he understands the most important thing to us is to beat Michigan. Hey, my time is up. I want to thank everybody for joining the show. Of course, Kwame Lasseter, Big Dan Wilkinson, and my man Scott, who wants to know, will Trestle ever coach again? I'm going to leave that question out there. You guys can answer that the next show we have. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. 
football, and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You know, I was so excited about this show that I actually ended the show prematurely. And I told you guys, it ain't good to be premature in nothing that you do. So I'm going to apologize for that. That was actually just uh, the end of our second segment. And uh, I guess my clock is wrong here. I got all these clocks got different times around here, but we'll get it straight. I got 155 on my cell phone, which means I would have five more minutes to go for the show. But um, we'll continue. You know, I, I, got, I still got Dan on the line with me. And, uh, you know, Dan, I, I wanted to ask you a few questions, a couple questions here, you know, as we talk about the survival of the program at Ohio State University. Uh, let's say you're a young man and you wanted to go to Ohio State. A lot of times, you know, people talk about how big the coaches are. And, and we talked about the personality of uh, the coach sometimes being bigger than politicians. Uh, certainly they make more money than politicians. You know, at, at a school like the Ohio State University, can, can it survive without a man like Trestle at the helm right now? If you're a, a young man in high school and you've been looking to go to Ohio State the past three years, uh, hoping to play for Coach Trestle. Coach Trestle is not going to be there next year. You're going into your senior year and you already committed. Do you still go to the Ohio State University? I think the future players of Ohio State can, they will eventually get past the point that Coach Trestle is not there. I think the biggest thing that everybody is waiting on is what is going to be our final punishment from the NCAA. What are, are they going to take away bowl games from us or or, uh, or limit us to going to bowl games? All of those, those major uh, uh, punishments that could affect a future player from coming there, like uh, bowl games and, and, and championships and stuff like that, that's what's going to affect the, 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 uh, the scholarship players. And that's what generally happens to all the major football programs that have fallen under, or probably definitely over the last 10 years, if you start taking away those, those scholarships and those bowl appearances, that's when your product on the field goes down. And, and, and thinking about that, I know when I look back upon um, on my decision years ago, it, it was very important to me to win a Big Ten championship, but equally important was the fact that we were going to get a chance to play in a bowl game, and for me the bowl was the Rose Bowl. Uh, that doesn't happen, but the university also, you go there to get an education, so you're going to get a damn good education from Ohio State University, and you're still going to be playing against good football teams. Do you think that's enough to perhaps maybe some, to keep some of those uh, blue chippers um, you know, wanting to go to Ohio State, or do you think, nah, the bowl is going to be just too much for them uh, the losing out on bowl BCS championship games, and, and we're going to lose those players. I mean, you're certainly going to get your share of them, but think about this: you're going to Ohio State's recruiting efforts won't be nationwide. You go get a guy out of Florida, Texas, 
Michigan, wherever, now those those schools that are competing with Ohio State's all in those young man's ears telling them, Hey, you don't want to go there because you're gonna be you're gonna be blacked out. You, you know, you, you're you're going to be on the subpar team that's, that, that that will not have the ability to win a national championship or go to a bowl game or do this and that and the other. And that's going to mess with some young guys' uh, heads that are considering jumping states to go to Ohio. Uh, you may keep some of the Ohio boys in state, but... You're going to lose your national reach, for sure. It will have an impact, no question about it. Okay, one thing that Scotty just asked this question before we left, and I said, you know, again, prematurely, that we would have to address it uh, in the next uh, show, in the next conversation that I had here on Voice America Sports. Uh, coach T, will he coach again? Um, Shame the Seahawks already found their guy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I, I, I think that Coach Trestle is really crushed by this. Um, um, and I think this is this is this is more than just a uh, was a job uh, per se. I think his his I think he feels that his his uh, his personal uh, pride and reputation has been tarnished and punished. And I know his family has gone through a tremendous ordeal. As well, I, I don't know. That's that's a tough one, Scotty. Really tough one. I, I'm gonna turn to Scotty as 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 a big fan of football. Uh, uh, this is football. This is not life. You yeah. know, he was he was fired from a job. Uh, he didn't kill anybody. Uh, he didn't hurt anybody. But but morally, we're all superior. So does this man get another? <laughs> does this man get another chance to coach? I, I joking jokingly reference the Seattle Seahawks because obviously Pete Carroll got got his chance in the pros. Uh, with regard to college football, no two two strikes. I mean, um, the the allegations at at Youngstown are uh, you know they're they're pretty clear and evident. They. Uh, uh, he had a, a good friend there, last name Monus, gave thousands of dollars to the star quarterback Isaac, and um, you know let him use cars and uh, everything else. A lot of lot of similarities with regard to you know players doing doing what they do with with him turning you know looking the other way. Is there a future for him in the pros? Absolutely, guys, a, a great coach, and uh, you know hopefully uh, hopefully he gets a chance. But you know, all college coaches, just like all college players, don't make great college. I mean, don't make great pro players or pro coaches. So just because he was very good uh, here at the college level doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a great uh, pro coach. But but you think he has a future in pro football? As, as a coordinator to start, not as a head coach right out of the gate. Uh, Dan, what do you think about that? You think Coach T could uh, make that step to the next level, play on Sundays, coach on Sundays? To me, I see him as a college coach. I, I, I think in a... I think it'd be. Uh, I don't know. I, I truly think he'd be successful that if he chose to, but I just don't see him as a pro coach. I see him as a uh, as a college coach. And and I do think there are college coaches and and there are, are pro coaches. And and I see Coach T the way he was uh, there on the sidelines, the, the way the players uh, respected him, uh, the way he was able to lead his team, uh, and 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 the fact you know even be even though he made a mistake. A role model for those young men. So we've got about 30 seconds to close this time. And I just, again, want to thank you, Dan, for joining me. This is the real close, unlike the last time we closed. Scotty, thank you for joining me. Kwame, thank you for calling in. And as I said before, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And this time for real, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.